Originally, the feminist movement was about ending discrimination and violence against women. For women to have more freedom so they can express themselves as freely as men do and live their life as freely as men do. And we definitely still need to fight that fight. But the only right way to do that is by eliminating discrimination and inequality and not by creating discrimination and inequality of a different kind. But that is what is happening. We are promoting entitlement in women. This ongoing conversation that's happening in every corner of the world, rarely do people bring up the subject of accountability into the conversation. Welcome back to Experable. I'm your host, Krati Mehra. And in this show, we learn from the success and struggles of people we admire and dive deep into concepts that help us expand the possibilities available to us so we can freely, boldly design the life we desire, discover the depth and breadth of our capabilities, access the wisdom available in the world around us, and even on really bad days, love what we see in the mirror. Are you ready? Let's go. And welcome to Experable Podcast, formerly known as On Her Terms. And that was once upon a time known as Beyond the Goals. <laughs> so in total, if anybody is counting, there have been two rebrands. And now I am really hoping that I never, ever have to rebrand again because it is a long, long, exhausting process. Thankfully, it's done. And I am very, very satisfied with the result. I really hope you will be too. Last time around, I to the very end, through the execution process, uh, as I was putting out new episodes under the new name on her terms, I was not okay with the changes that I had made. I was not completely sure of myself. The energy around all the changes that I had made was very heavy. That is not the case this time around. The last time around, I went with what everyone else was telling me to do, what people who knew more than me were telling me to do. This time around, I've taken on board the opinions of the people I respect, but I have gone with what has ultimately felt good to me. And um, I've gone with the choices that sort of represent me fully. I hope you will see that and I hope you will appreciate that. Now, I am back with a completely different energy, as I said, and the hiatus was much appreciated. I got a lot done. I got a lot of new opportunities that I was able to take up. So far as the show is concerned, it also, the hiatus gave me the time to reboot this show, to rejuvenate it, to come back with a, a different energy, of course, but also different perspectives and the willingness to just be more open. And I was also more deliberate and more intentional with the guests that I've booked for the show, the guests that I've interviewed already. And they brought a similar energy, a candor, a vulnerability that I think comes across in the conversations that I've had. And I think all of it is going to really resonate with my audience. It will resonate with you and I'm sure you'll appreciate it. So I've got a lot of updates for you and I'm excited to share them. I'm going to also share one key lesson that I've learned after doing two rebrands in the span of little over a year. I am still trying to figure out what that says about me as a business owner, but it is what it is. And I plan to be completely candid with you, like always. So I'll share my learnings that may have come out of the business rebrand, but I think they go beyond just business relevant learnings and they have really impacted my life as well. So if you heard the last episode that I did before putting the podcast on a break, it was about 
intuition versus expertise, how you should be making important life decisions. So if you have not heard that episode, I, I'm going to link it in the episode description. But that episode was basically all about whether we should listen to our instincts, whether we should go with what the experts are telling us to do. And I think I finally found the answer. And I'm going to share that in this episode as well. But first, there is something very important that I must say. If you are a returning listener, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for your continuing support. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you're a new listener, I hope you too will be a steady companion in the journey forward. And I hope you won't just listen to the show, but also engage with me and be a part of my community. Thank you. Thank you so much. Now, let's move on to the updates. As you can see, the show is under a new name. Experable. Why I chose this name? First of all, for practical reasons, because there are millions of podcasts in the world, making it very difficult to come up with a unique name. So the first consideration that led to this name was very practical, and it was done to avoid any future trademark conflict. Now, experable is not a real word. It's a word that I created by combining experience and possibility, which is essentially what the show is all about. I'm really hoping that as my guests share their struggles and their triumphs and I share the tools and methods that help me overcome uh, my failures, my struggles, and that have created growth and progress in my life, what will happen is that my listeners, whoever tunes in, will be able to see, at least for the span of that episode, will be able to see on their mental screen all the possibilities that life offers. If you just stop limiting yourself, if you just bet on yourself, believe in yourself for however long it takes for you to make that leap. So the show is all about experiencing the possibilities and it's titled Experable. So there's that. Now for my second update, this is a big one. Uh, I am no longer working exclusively with women. My coaching and really all of my offerings are now open to men as well. As you may have noticed, that while the previous name of this podcast was On Her Terms, which has been changed because number one, we had a trademark conflict, so the name was anyways going to go, but also because this this podcast, just like all of my other content, it's no longer just for women. Of course, there may sometimes be discussions that are specifically for men or women because sometimes a topic would warrant that, but otherwise I'm a coach, a podcaster, a writer, a YouTuber for men and women. Now, why did this happen? So the reason I became a coach in the first place, a coach for women, was because, uh, number one, I had great success helping women during my volunteer days. I worked with a lot of female entrepreneurs who were lacking in resources and education and needed some help in navigating the world of entrepreneurship and feeling confident as they do it. I also worked with women who were struggling with their identity and emotions, and all of it be it, you know, the struggles with entrepreneurship or the struggles with emotion, they always revolved around mindset, confidence, communication. And those are the areas that I have firsthand experience with also. And why I chose to focus exclusively on women was because I always felt more emotionally invested into the success of the women around me. I grew up around women who were very lacking in self-confidence and women who constantly dismissed themselves. They identified as mothers, wives, daughters, sisters, and never really had an independent identity that was all their own. I saw this this pattern repeated over and over and over again. 
uh, I also saw these women, uh, they were obviously members of my family, my mom and my aunts, and I saw them be very unhappy, but do nothing about it. Like their happiness just didn't matter all that much as long as their family was thriving. And I also noticed, and this is, this is a scary part, and I really hope that, you know, this is something we can change. Women, a lot of the times don't even notice, especially women of the older generation, they don't even notice that they are unhappy. Like their definition of happiness is so simple and so narrow. Like if they're physically okay, if they have food to eat, if they have a lot of money to shop with, they're okay. They, they really don't complain about their lives. That may sound like contentment and gratitude for what you have, but all that contentment and that gratitude could actually have a very toxic aspect, which is what I noticed. And that toxic aspect showed up in them basically neglecting and dismissing themselves, their health concerns. Like everything else is working well, then why dig into my health concerns? So I'm so I have a little pain. It doesn't really matter. It's not interfering with my household work or all the chores that I have to run. So it doesn't really matter. This is something, this is an ongoing conversation between myself and my mother. If I notice something is not okay with my body, I will get the help that I need. Right away, I will start working on it. I will change my diet. I will change my exercise. But my mother, she will not say anything till things get really, really bad with her. It's something that I've noticed time and again, specifically with women. And also another thing that I noticed, which is, again, something that, that continues to happen that makes me very uncomfortable uh, was the fact that a lot of the women, they were being treated in ways that qualifies as abuse, but they would never recognize it as such. And that happens to this day, by the way. I speak from the experience of having worked with a lot of women from all the generations and just being a woman myself, I can tell you that that continues to happen. Women are abused in benign ways and they don't really realize that what they're being subjected to actually qualifies as abuse. They will never label it as such. So there was that and all of that was magnified when my mother was concerned for obvious reasons, right? My mother... She is one of the most loving, <laughs> decent human beings that I've ever known. And she's had so much struggle uh, in her life. She's also had a lot of bullies in her life. And a part of me, and this is a very long story that I'm not going to get into, but uh, there's a part of me that really aches to be able to go back in time and fight her battles for her, you know, slay all her dragons. But sadly, I don't have a time machine, so I can't undo what she has already suffered. But that frustrated daughter in me has always been determined to help other women have a different story. Since I couldn't do anything for my mother, I decided to fight those fights for other women. My mother now has a very wonderful, comfortable life. She's a different woman now. But I, I really do wish I could go back in time and just protect my mother, protect the younger version of my mom from all that she went through. So all of that frustration, all of that heartache, I channeled into working with women, into becoming a coach. And this path that I took on felt very natural to me. And I felt immense satisfaction every time I helped a female client, a reader, or a listener stand up for herself. Every time something I said or shared gave a woman the confidence to believe in herself, openly love herself. That was the intention, basically, right? With the coaching work, especially. The goal was to empower women. That is not going to change. Um, but yeah, I am no longer exclusively working with women. And why that is, considering my emotional investment in female empowerment, the reason that I made this switch was because 
in case you haven't noticed, the conversation is shifting. The world is changing. Women are changing, but sometimes not for the better. There is a certain degree of entitlement that seems to be seeping into the entire female empowerment narrative with certain ideas being promoted that I don't agree with. And I don't think those ideas ultimately serve women at all. They may serve particular groups of women or women-focused brands, but not women as such. And a lot of this movement also seems to be more invested in disempowering men than empowering women. And if you really focus on the messaging shared by a lot of these so-called agencies, brands that advocate for women, the message on the surface of it is all about women deserving more, women being worthy of more. But it ultimately makes women out to be the weaker gender. They give out this message that women deserve certain things in life just because of their gender, just because they're women, which is fucking absurd. I shared with you in this episode uh, about how I grew up watching my mother dismiss herself a lot, struggle a lot. But on the rare occasion that my mother decided to stand up for herself and she, she, you know, it's all about picking your battles. When you've been raised in an environment where you're constantly told that it's your job to take care of everyone, which was the case with my mother, you don't really assert yourself unless you absolutely have to. Like, unless you are in a situation where you know other people, especially your kids are going to get hurt. My mother very carefully chose her battles and she only fought back when she felt like her family was in jeopardy. So on the rare occasion that she did do that, oh boy, (laughs) my mother, she got shit done. She was like a force of nature in those moments. She was scary in those moments. And she didn't do it by yelling or being disrespectful but by spelling out her boundaries and what would happen if someone violated those boundaries. And then she really, she stuck to her guns. And what is the most most beautiful part about this story is that she always did it without support or independent means. My mother, she didn't have a job. She didn't come from a wealthy family. She came from a very, very poor family. She, she didn't really have any other means of support. She was completely dependent on the people around her. But when she did feel like what was happening was absolutely wrong, despite her circumstances, she found the strength and the gumption to stand up for herself and to draw a line. And it's this is not just my mother's story. I have seen this happen time and again with so many women, with women from different cultures, different backgrounds, different kind of financial means. Women, when they finally wake up to their power, regardless of where they come from, who they are, what they have or don't have in their life, they are unstoppable. This has been my experience and this experience has been reinforced so many times that there is no room for doubt so far as I am concerned about just how strong women are. They just need someone to believe in them or they need to find that self-belief for themselves. And once that happens, a spark is lit. So women, in my opinion, don't need any special treatment. They just need the same opportunities and freedom extended to them that men take for granted. They can take care of the rest themselves. See, originally the feminist movement was about ending discrimination and violence against women. For women to have more freedom so they can express themselves as freely as men do. 
and live their life as freely as men do. And we definitely still need to fight that fight. But the only right way to do that is by eliminating discrimination and inequality and not by creating discrimination and inequality of a different kind. But that is what is happening, in my opinion. We are promoting entitlement in women. This ongoing conversation that's happening in every corner of the world, rarely do people bring up the subject of accountability into the conversation. When we have women like Malala and Nadia Murad in today's society and women like Rosa Parks, Indira Gandhi, Ayn Rand, Rani Lakshmibai, who, by the way, existed at a time when gender equality or any equality at all was really not a norm. It wasn't even a conversation that was happening. And these women were fed ideas that didn't support any kind of assertiveness or independent thinking. But despite that, these women, they lived their lives on their own terms and they did it openly and they also managed to create a lot of social change. And if they can do that at that time, surely we can build better lives for ourselves in this day and age without constantly asking for special treatment or constantly demonizing the other gender. Or in the event that things don't work out for us, for the blame to be assigned to someone else. But I don't blame women for this. Uh, this distorted narrative around female repression and empowerment I think it's being fed to us by giants in the marketing industry who are obviously trying to sell their products by certain influencers who have latched onto provocative ideas to create controversy so that they can grow their popularity by certain young privileged uh, Gen Z women who I think maybe to feel like they're part of something bigger, something that we can all understand, are crusading for issues that they barely understand. And they're fighting a fight that they're not a part of, which is okay to do, but their methods are extremely problematic. And don't even get me started on the insane TikTok trends and posts that we see. That's a whole other conversation. So this narrative that's doing the rounds, it sounds a lot like entitlement, and it also seems to blame men for whatever is wrong in a woman's world, which may not be entirely untrue, but you have to acknowledge that the entire gender is not the problem. There are problematic men, just as there are problematic women. We have seen enough real life cases to know that women are not always the victim. There are women who are genuinely doing amazing work to further women's empowerment, but there are also organizations, agencies, people who are hurting the cause. Another thing that really bothers me is that there is very little conversation around the help men need. Men have also suffered because of the patriarchy. They too need help. And I think it's harder for them because they don't even know how to ask for it. And there is so much shame attached to the very idea of a man needing help. They are also lonely and in need of support and understanding. But as I said, there's very little conversation happening around that. I also really hate how while we are advocating for women to be whoever they want to be, there is now so much judgment against men, constantly. Everything they do or don't do gets scrutinized and judged and always to their detriment. And unless a man fits a woman's mental template of the ideal guy, the good guy, women label men in ways which are unpleasant. Uh, massively inappropriate also, and, and honestly very hurtful. And I see this a lot on social media and in my social circle as well, sadly. I've said a lot <laughs> in this episode. Um, it all came from this place of concern in me because I know that there is a lot of work that we need to do 
to support women, to make them stronger. But the same goes for men as well. We also need to support them, help them in whatever way we can. And I just really want conversations to happen that are all about creating that growth and creating that progress and not blaming anyone for anything because that's that's extremely pointless. Let's hold each other accountable for sure, but let's not play victims anymore. We are all extremely strong people and we can make our life whatever it is that we want it to be. So let's focus more on that. I will also acknowledge that I am not knowledgeable enough uh, to speak on the social aspect of it all. And I feel like I've also joined this conversation very late and I've not spent nearly enough time talking to the right people about this or really discussing this at all. But I'm trying to remedy that and I'm learning and the show will help me do that. I will be able to invite guests who can speak with a lot more authority on these subjects. I may even be lucky enough to find listeners who are willing to have these conversations and we can have them on the show. I will do whatever is necessary to spread more knowledge uh, around this subject and to you know, learn more myself. So we can have better conversations and we can do what is necessary to create the kind of change that supports everyone. But for now, all I'll say is, um, this is how I feel about the whole thing, really. Is it harder to be a woman in this world? For sure, 100%. Even privileged women have concerns and fears that the society forces on us. And these are concerns and fears that will probably never come up for men, or most men at least. We still get our qualifications questioned in male-dominated fields. The wage gap is still a very real issue. But what's more is the, the daily concerns that come up, like dressing up for a late night event is impossibly hard if you're rolling solo. Traveling in public transport can be a nightmare if it's crowded. And planning a solo trip takes fucking forever because we have to consider situations that no man will ever have to plan for. So yeah, it's harder to be a woman. Uh, But what I'm realizing is that being a man is no picnic either. So, So my work will continue to be focused on empowerment, but now it will focus on the empowerment of both men and women. I will continue creating inviting conversations on the subject of empowerment, and hopefully I will manage to do it in a way that serves everyone. And as I said, these are ideas and perspectives that I'm still exploring. So maybe my understanding is limited as yet, or perhaps the delivery was clumsy, but I'm learning. And if you have something to say about any of what I've shared in this episode, by all means, reach out to me at support at kratimera.com. The email is in the episode description. And now we have come to the learning from the many, many rebrands I've had and the key lesson that is driving my business decisions now. Firstly, I would like to say that I've never felt more confident of myself in my capacity as a business owner as I do now. And that may be because I've had the role for a while now and I'm finally growing into it a little bit. Um, Let me be very cautious about that claim. Uh, I'm growing into it a little bit, but I feel like it also has a lot to do with the fact that I'm really, really leaning into my authenticity and showing up exactly as I am. No distortion whatsoever, which takes a lot of confidence and self-belief and also ownership you know, of everything I am putting on the table. I'm I'm taking ownership of it all. Like this conversation, for example, I've said a lot of things that I never would have said till a few months ago. I would not have brought up the subject. I would have done my part in this fight. I would have 
uh, created the content that I thought would be helpful. I would have had the conversations that I thought would be helpful, but I would never have touched this subject specifically where I am very definitely speaking against some of what is going on in the world around us. Because I always feel like there's another perspective to consider. I always feel like there is more to be learned before you actually open your mouth and put your opinion out there and maybe even create some controversy that is going to just lead to a lot of wasted time and a lot of conflict that's not going to lead anywhere. So I've always been very nervous about that and I've never actually done that. So that nervousness always led to me holding my silence on those subjects. But this time around, I decided to not do that anymore. I decided that if this is how I'm feeling, I'm going to share it and I'm going to, of course, be as responsible as possible, but at the same time also share whatever conviction I have on the subject, even if it makes some people uncomfortable. Because by not doing that, even though this is my show, I am not fully showing up as I am. I'm not really being honest as a host, as someone who is who has created an entire career, an entire business around her thoughts and opinions and around her learnings and observations. So I'll, I'll do more of that now, more openness, more honesty, more authenticity, right? And uh, I don't always have the confidence or the self-belief to do all of that, but through a lot of trial and error, what I've learned is that whatever choice allows me to show up authentically, whatever choice really speaks to my uniqueness and my unique perspective, that choice pays off. It is always the right choice. And by that, I don't mean uh, in, in just from a profit or money perspective. That's part of it, of course. But mostly, I think such choices, they strengthen and they contribute to the structure you are building be it a brand, an ongoing project, a business, or what, or even a relationship, whatever. The choice that allows you to show up as you are, representing yourself fully, authentically, is the right choice to make. That has been my learning. Uh, now take the show name, for example. Experable is not really a word, but I love it. I feel amazing about it. The energy around that name is completely positive, so far as I'm concerned. And I also feel like through my content, which I plan on making as good as possible and plan on constantly improving as I learn more, I am hoping that I can create a reputation for that name. The name, it didn't have the support of the people I chose to involve in the rebrand, but they supported my choices, which was all that I needed as I did what I believed was the right thing for me to do. Heavy, heavy emphasis on the me. And that's how I've been making all of my decisions. There have been other decisions that I've made that are already paying off in the form of opportunities that are perfect for me and that have come my way very naturally and there was no struggle there. It has also improved what relationships and collaborations I already have in my life. So it has been so wonderful and the process in itself, this process of constantly checking in with myself as to what feels good, which choice has good energy around it, and with choice really truly speaks to who I am as not only a business owner, but also as a person, as a contributing member of society, that process has been, it has been incredible. It's hard, of course, sometimes. Sometimes I just, just wanna, want to flip a coin and get the whole thing over with, but I've resisted that impulse. <laughs> I take my time with these decisions. I listen to my instincts. I also check what the experts are recommending. But where I start as I'm making these decisions, my starting point is always how I want to play things, right? And then I start coming up with viable options. And then I check in with my emotions. Then I check in with my gut. What choice has better energy around it? 
and which one really represents me. Sometimes I would want to do things a certain way, but it would also mean not really being true to myself. And that is always hard to judge. But ultimately, I need to do what is authentic, what is in integrity with who I am, with my identity, with my beliefs. You know, there is this very famous quote by Naval Ravikant that really encapsulates all of what I've shared with you in few simple sentences. And it goes something like this. If you want to be rewarded, you have to be irreplaceable. If you want to be irreplaceable, you have to be unique. If you want to be unique, you have to be authentic. If you want to be authentic, stop listening to everyone and everything else. So basically, that is what I've been trying to do. Uh, and yeah, the process may look different for different people. But for me, it's really all about finally making choices that represent me, that are authentic, that carry good energy around them, that have a lot of conviction and faith in them. I should be able to believe in the choice that I'm making. If I don't believe in it, I don't do it. There's another quote by Naval Ravikant, the people who have the ability to fail in public under their own name actually gain a lot of power. This is what I really, really want. And by that, I don't just mean running the business under my own name, but owning every decision I make. Every decision is mine. Fail or succeed, it's all me. And maybe that sounds uh, a little bit egoistic or very egoistic, but that's not really how I look at it. The decisions I've made in the past few months, I don't yet know whether they were the right ones or not. Some of them are yet to play out, but they were my decisions. There is 100% accountability here, 100% learning also, however it goes. Some of the decisions have paid off favorably and they've paid off in a way that there is really no doubt that it was because I was true to myself and I completely represented my true self in my decisions. And that has helped me, that has given me confidence to do more of that. But a lot is yet to play out, as I said. But whatever the result, I'll know that it was all me. So if there was a judgment error, I'll own it and I'll learn from it and be better and stronger for it. Look, success, uh, no matter who you are, no matter what you do, that always has a lot of contributing elements to it, a lot of contributors to it. It's never just your success. But what I'm saying is that whatever I create in the world, I should be able to look at it and see my growth in it, to see my learning in it and to be able to say that I did this with a lot of help, sure, but Ultimately, the decisions that made this came from me. There is power in this kind of ownership. There's growth and there's maturity as well. No decision is taken based on what others, no matter who those people are or how far ahead of me they are in the game, the end decision is always what feels right to me. Intellectually, instinctively, energetically, emotionally feels right to me. This is how I'm running my business and my life. And I will continue to share more on this subject as I grow. But I would also really love to hear what you have to say on all that I've shared today. So please use the review section or the email given in the episode description to share your thoughts with me. You can also DM me on Instagram. Well, what do you know? We've reached the end of this episode. Thank you so much for joining me today, for supporting the podcast and for sharing your time with me. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing to the show on whatever podcast platform you love. You can also watch the video version of the interviews and most of the solo episodes on my YouTube channel. 
Link is in the episode description. Now, if you've made it this far, you must love the content at least a little bit, or maybe you just like hanging out with me, or there was something in this particular episode that resonated with you. Or maybe it's all of those things. I would love to know. So if you've got a minute, it will be great if you can drop a review on Apple Podcasts or you can send me your thoughts on the show via email. Now, if you want content that goes deeper than even the podcast does with a lot of real life stories, one-on-one -on -one interactions, or just become part of my tribe, subscribe to my weekly newsletter. The link is in the episode description. Once again, thank you so, so much for sharing your time with me. Take care and I will be back soon with the next episode.